What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio. Transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho, I am the one-armed madman. And from the badlands of Southern Montana, it's Nolan5150. What's up, dog? Yeah, uh, uh, just uh, battling the financial crisis over here, man. Got got those uh, uh-huh. got those collectors breathing down my neck. They want their money. <laughs> they want your money. Yeah. See, and this is what a lot of people may not know this, but a couple of years ago, I was telling Nolan, like, "Hey, man, y- you should probably think about buying some Bitcoin." And he's like, "Dude, I bought a bunch of Bitcoin a few years ago, and I've been stacking that shit, but." I've been getting I've been getting some advice from other people and I'm going to sell it all and buy baseball cards. So when he means the collectors want their money, he really means the collectors want their money. Do you think this was a good financial decision looking back on it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Better than NFTs. Ah, well, I mean I I think you're probably holding some some NFT baseball cards too. If I'm if I'm being honest, but you know, sure. yeah. you don't have to admit to that if you don't want to. <laughs> That's my retirement. I plan. won't judge you. So it's been a couple weeks. We've been off. I've I've been sick as a motherfucker, but I've got a lot of work done here at the house. I got eight yards of rock delivered. I um I rented a stump grinder, and uh, it was a little bit of a bitch to run with one hand. It was supposed to. <laughs> It had an attachment where it had a foot pedal. So when you engage the stump grinder, you have to engage this lever and you're supposed to be able to hit the foot pedal and it keeps it engaged. You didn't have to be pulling on the lever, but the fucking thing didn't work. So I had my hook on for a while and I'm like yanking back on this fucking thing and it was really cranking on my elbow. And finally I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. And I went and I grabbed a piece of rope and I tied it around my waist and put it around the the lever right here and I leaned back and I let her rip Hell yeah. and at the end of the day. Yeah, dude. And that was the only way I could get it going. And I'm like still trying to run shit with my, my stump and my other hand. And I got all right at it. But at the end of the day, I, I sent out a, a message to old John Pelton. and was like, come over here and, and save me. So I don't have to fucking do this all day tomorrow. Oh, so man. he came by and he knocked it out so quick. I would have been screwed if he didn't come by. That you should have you should have had him take a a good little clip of that. That'd have been that'd have been gold. Of of me doing that, yeah. yeah. I yeah maybe I I have like a little solo clip of it, but I didn't have my teeth in. I forgot about it, so I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna fucking put that on there. But uh, you know, I was I was a little. I was thinking, you know, I can do this. I'll be fine. If John doesn't come, I'll be all right, you know. And so he came and and knocked it out. And I decided to get some goodwill with my neighbor. So I told my neighbor when we were done, I was like, hey, man, if you want to use this thing until tomorrow morning, I ain't got to take it back till tomorrow morning. So have at it. And I go and I had to give John a ride home. And I get back and he's working out in his patio and he's struggling and uh, I go, you know, how you do it? And he's like, oh, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. And I'm like, I'm sure it's not. And I was like, I, you know, I was watching John for quite a while. You want me to take a hit at it and see if I can do it any better? Yeah. And uh, I was, I, I, I did it, I was doing it better than he did. But it was significantly harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it would have taken me a whole lot longer. My neighbor wouldn't have been using that fucking thing. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Nothing like uh, uh, cucking a fellow neighborhood dad with a with a piece of power equipment. <laughs> yeah, and one hand. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he was able to figure it out better than me after he watched me do it, but he didn't. He wasn't figuring it out. Yeah. But once I kind of like figured it out and showed him what needed to be done, he knocked it out pretty quick. But after like twenty thirty minutes on it, I was like, "All right, man, I fucking." I, I brought a friend over to do this for me. I'm not going to stand over here all fucking night and do this for you. You're going to have to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to make uh, make some neighbor points, like you said. Yeah, dude. You got to get goodwill with the neighbors when you can. Yep. Uh, you know, 
especially when I had an idea that I'm, I'm probably going to pull off later in the year. I was thinking I'm going to have a siding party where I'm going to invite a bunch of people over. I'm going to have a fucking keg and we'll barbecue and shit like that at night. But during the day, we're doing siding on the fucking house. <laughs> yeah. So I can go over there and, hey, look, buddy, remember that piece of equipment I let you borrow? Get your ass over here and pour yep, up some yep. siding, motherfucker. Get get a couple, get a little <laughs> liquor in them, then you find out what kind of shit they got. The apocalypse happens, and then you you know you know where to go. Yep, someone's gonna cut something wrong. You, you know, maybe their finger, maybe their toe. Who knows? But it's not a party until someone's bleeding pretty good. Yeah. Let's just hope that someone's not me. <laughs> Someone else can take the hit on this one. Yeah. All right, well, you ready to get into it? Yeah, what do we got? All right, we got, we're going to look through some nuclear power tonight. You know what we got. You've seen the clips. We got, it's nuclear power night on Too Hard for the Radio. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. I uh, We've got a couple clips from a couple different podcasts. Uh, we've got some Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. He's fucking... <laughs> So incoherent on Joe Rogan that I can't even pull a single fucking clip from him because he's just does he does all he over s- the goddamn place. Does he smoke weed or is it just? I mean, oh, of it, course, dude, he has to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, dude, he's fucking, he's out there. That guy, I guarantee he's out. He's and here's the deal: smart people like he's not a dumb guy. He doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't know what's going on really but a lot of smart people are starting starting to see into this fucking deindustrialization movement known as climate change and they're going wait hold on a second like we're shutting things down before we can replace them and this is not going to be good and people like him who actually do care about poor people like i don't think he wants africa to starve like bill gates might Uh, You know, Bill Gates may or may not want Africa to starve, but like, let's be real here. Oliver Stone's someone who's actually tried to make a difference in the world where Bill Gates has just tried to make money off of people. Essentially, that's been his fucking game. So I think, you know, people are looking at this and going, "Well, well, there has to be answers to this problem that don't involve going back to being hunter gatherers. And that don't involve the, you know, entire continent of Africa staying in complete poverty. There's got to be something. And, you know, like I've said since the beginning of this podcast, nuclear is the way to go. And uh, I think that even you had seen some documentaries that were basically fucking propaganda. So you had a little bit of a wonky view on nuclear at first. But, like, I think you've noticed in the last, like, really a couple months where there's been a turnaround where people are kind of starting to go, wait a minute, is this really as bad as we've been led to believe? Yeah. Not only that, but is, is there any other viable option at all? Like, does it have to be wind and solar that obviously isn't going to work? And they, these people still haven't extrapolated. Maybe Oliver Stone has, extrapolated out the numbers and going, okay, if we're going to have a technological civilization, it can't run on wind energy because there's going to have to be a windmill everywhere. Every you direction. Know, it's just a, it's a <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a complete fantasy. And if you're trying to save wildlife areas and that type of shit, you know, you're well, going to want to avoid that. Plus I, I'm pretty sure I sent you that clip about, um, that, freaking bald eagle getting axed by the the freaking windmill blade. Yeah. And and how many, it just cracks me up. That's, that's an endangered species and it's, uh, I can't remember the number, but there's like, you know, probably, I think it was around 250 bald eagles getting freaking murdered (laughs) by clean energy. I don't hear, I don't hear uh, the bald eagle death toll getting tacked on to that clean energy bill. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, they bitch and whine about power lines, too. But, I mean, we put fucking bird guards everywhere. And I never saw, like, sometimes you'll see pictures of, like, poles with a ton of birds underneath. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen dead fucking bird one. 
underneath a pole. These birds are pretty fucking slick. I don't know <laughs> if anybody had noticed, but birds, you know, they're a little bit agile and they're pretty fucking slick. But, you know, we put these bird guards up and yeah. they're not getting fried. And you can't put bird guards up on a big fucking windmill. And yeah. it's the big <laughs> birds of prey that get hit by these things the most. It's not smaller birds. It's these big birds that, you know, yeah, we yeah. tend to like. Yeah. And, and dude, uh, that the solution won't be, uh, you know, another energy source. The solution will be to put giant, giant, like, uh, you know, chicken wire, like, like a household fan all the way around <laughs> every windmill. And then we save yeah. the birds. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's I, I like that, Nolan. That's a good idea, uh, and we'll electrify it too. Why not? You know, we'll just kill all the birds. <laughs> I don't think that thing would help. I think it would make the yeah. fucking and, uh, situation worse. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's get into it. We got some videos record my fucking screen here so I can edit this shit in. Let's start out with let's watch the um let's watch the trailer. Even though I don't typically watch trailers, but I'm not going to watch this fucking movie. And and for people out there, stop watching fucking trailers if you know you're <laughs> going to watch the movie. What the fuck's wrong with you? If there's a Nicolas Cage movie coming out and you know you're going to watch it, don't fucking spoil it on a stupid fucking preview. All right. Anyway, that's just my gripe. I've been on this for a couple of years now. It drives me nuts. We may have come to a point in time when Earth is asking us, do you know what you're doing? I've heard Earth Most of our power that. still comes from burning gas and coal. And the amount is going up, not down. If we do not cut carbon emissions by nearly 100%, the world will suffer serious damage. By nearly 100%? This is an even bigger problem than we thought. The answer to solving climate change is very straightforward. What's the best solution in your mind? Largely nuclear. 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 We've been trained from the very beginning to fear nuclear power. The very thing that we fear is what may save us. What's scary is not the same as what's dangerous. Coal is dangerous. You know, more people die from coal in a couple of weeks than have ever died from nuclear, which is all from the one accident in Chernobyl. First question is, what about the waste? Nuclear waste is nothing compared to climate change. Once you understand it, people have a better sense of not being afraid. We have to provide clean, affordable energy to the world. In general, we need to move faster. We do this for our families, we do this for our kids yeah, and sure. those generations. We've run out of time to be afraid. Out of time. We've only got six years to build 20 million nuclear reactors or we're all going to die. That was a good one. Very, it had some nice like sun baking deserts, you know, <laughs> visions of apocalypse of Mad Max. If we don't stop drilling for these evil fossil fuels that were obviously put here to destroy everything, you know, they got to scare you. But at least they're offering a fucking solution that's viable, not cover the world in windmills and yeah. fucking deal with it. <laughs> Un so. Unfortunately for me with those <coughs> ones, I, I think I think I'd be down to give the whole, you know, Mad Max apocalypse fucking culture a try. <laughs> uh I, I think I would not uh, <laughs> at this point in my life. That is not something I would be uh, in any way uh, <laughs> interested in doing. Not, no fucking way. I think you'd fucking, I think you'd get pretty sick of it after like two weeks <laughs> yeah. when your fucking no, batteries sure. ran <laughs> <For> out <sure. laughs> and your shoelaces are broken and fucking you're eating spam. And then a year or two later, the spam starts to taste like shit and you're going to have to fucking eat your cat. 
<laughs> Fuck that. I would I would let my cat it, eat me first. I was just going to say, if it doesn't eat you first. Yep. <laughs> one way or another. You might get too drunk one night, and it just might take a bite out of you. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to last is the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Clip one. Whoa. My fucking notes just shut down. All right, here we go. In front of one of the last remaining nuclear power plants in Germany, which is soon to be shut go down. to Germany. It's about an hour north of Stuttgart and generates enough electricity to power over 3 million homes. Two other plants, one near Munich and the other in the country's northwest, are also due to be closed. The decision to phase out the power source was finalized amid the public outcry following the 2011 Fukushima disaster. The three plants were supposed to close late last year, but the government scrambled to organize an emergency extension amid fears of blackouts triggered by Russian gas cuts. Now, Germany's nuclear plants are about to be shut off for good, adding an extra hurdle to the struggle to secure its energy needs. The fear is Germany will rely even more on pollutants like coal until it has sufficient clean energy infrastructure in place years from now. Nothing about people living in coal. has questioned the move, and even German public opinion seems to have warmed to keeping the technology in place until the country fully transitions to renewables. The people want it. Restarting Too the plants bad. isn't as easy as flipping on a switch. Climate. It would require major safety reviews and be both technically and politically challenging. Overall, Nuclear contributed about 6% of the nation's Ugh. power in 2022, and the government has and said that switching the last parts off will be manageable and won't threaten security of supply. Advocates of the phase-out say it will increase Germany's safety because the risks of nuclear power can come with potentially devastating consequences. Taking apart and decontaminating nuclear infrastructure is a complicated process that can take decades. But the hope is that <laughs> by the time decades. the plants disappear, the transition yeah. to renewable energy will be complete. Did you hear that last part? I kind of talked over, but she said, "We're the the hope is that by the time it's it's done, the transition will be complete." Yeah. They just think that it's going to happen overnight. It's like, oh yeah, you know, this might, you know, next year, the year after, by twenty thirty, obviously, we're going to have clean energy. So. You know, it might be a problem here and there, but it, it's nothing to worry about. It's it, fucking crazy. And this is fucking something, crazy. Yeah, go ahead. It, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy, crazy, man. I just, you know, I, with with uh, the, there has to be uh, there has to be something that that like you know the world governments are holding up their sleeve that they're just you know gonna be like uh, like uh, what the fuck was that movie that Val Kilmer movie. Where he was a spy and a hot chick, and he was, she was working on like a formula for clean energy or some shit, and I don't know, but it, you know, mm. like there's got to be something that is gonna be like released, and then it's just gonna be like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, we have all this cheap clean en energy, and then that's gonna be like the the lube to the new one world order. They they like really have. It's almost like they believe the UFO bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, next month the, the government's going to release the UFO and we're yep. going to have fucking clean energy <laughs> everywhere and we're all going to be living in floating cities. Because there's going to no, be great. Everybody will be happy and it will all be go to communism. There's no other real uh, other than nuclear, but I've, I'd say we're already behind the eight ball on that. Not only behind the, oh, dude. the production where the world is like that video, just, you know, they're continuing to shut down reactors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really only in the Western world. China's building like crazy and yeah. they're going to build a yeah. lot yeah. of reactors in the next yeah. 50 years. And, uh, you know, if we refuse to... We expand 3% a year, essentially. It's not a lot. But if we can't even do that, we have no chance of competing with these others, other, you know, powers like China and India if they're going to be willing to, to produce energy and we're not. 
Okay, so so here's here's a conspiracy theory for you. We are uh, the governments already know how much water is going to rise, or there's going to be another ice age, and so that's why it's being pushed into China because that's going to be the only like livable land. Hmm. Interesting. I heard a theory a while back. Um, I'd like to get this guy on the show because he gave out his email on the end of it. But uh, he was saying that during the Younger Dryas, that the Earth, the reason all the the um, glaciers were on the northern part of the planet, well, they were on the northern part of the planet, and it caused the planet to tilt. Ooh. Oh, because of the weight. Yeah. Fuck. And so this actually, this actually has a, he didn't bring this up, but this is something that I've learned through Randall Carlson where, um, and, and he was saying this, this would do a, a couple different things, the planet being tilted, but essentially it would allow you to navigate because everything would be in a fixed position compared to rotating. So huh. back then there's when, um, Plato was recalling, gosh, I didn't think about this in advance, so I'm going to butcher this a little bit. So when Plato was uh, retelling his uncle Solon's going to Egypt and learning about Atlantis, one of the lines that they translated was, back then the seas were navigable. Huh. Interesting, right? Yeah. So (laughs) when I heard Randall give that theory... um, and I had read that too because I read read um, that portion of Plato for a paper that I was doing. But then I wanted to hear what Randall had to say about it afterwards. So I watched Randall, and uh, his theory was that the seas were rough for a long time during the Younger Dryas, and then they finally settled down for a few years. So that maybe is what they meant by navigable. That they were able to, you were able to yeah. travel because it was not rough. But you know, who knows? Imagine like being able to get a time machine or a, some fucking super powerful computer that would show you what the world looked like back then. It <laughs> must have been a crazy fucking world. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that movie Ten Thousand BC. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Yep. Maybe. (laughs) Like, it must have been a really fucking... I know there was some crazy shit in that movie that didn't happen, but it must have been a really fucking crazy world to live in. I mean, there was parts of Antarctica that were ice-free, so maybe people were even living on Antarctica back then. If this planet was tilted and all the, the north part of the planet was fucking iced over, you would want to live down in the southern end. And maybe people went down as far as Antarctica. Maybe that's why. Maybe there's a fucking pyramid down dude, there. Dude, hey. And that's why we're not allowed to go down there. Because there's big fucking. Do you ever see. While we're going through shitty movies. Did you ever see that alien uh, or predator movie where they went uh, down. It was alien versus predator. That's what it was. Where they went down to Antarctica and they went into an underground pyramid. Oh, was, is that where they went? I I, re- yeah, I vaguely remember that movie, but I didn't. I don't remember them that they, they went to Antarctica. But that fucking makes sense, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, they went down to Antarctica and they <laughs> fucking know, battled aliens. Like, there the predators were were hunting the aliens, and this was so stupid. And I wasn't like, God, now that I think about it, I was so ignorant back then. So here's the the plot of the movie. They're down exploring this uh, pyramid that all of a sudden has a heat signature. And Alien is living down there, I guess, in some sort of fucking tomb. And Predator comes back every 10,000 years or so to hunt, do some ritual hunt. And there's three Predators. Two of the Predators get killed. One of them loses their fucking gun and teams up with, you guessed it, the surviving woman. (laughs) and i mean i guess it is alien so they did it first but you know it gets a little old after a while i mean that's why that movie fucking bombed anyways i'll bet i'll bet the porno spinoff did fucking real good (laughs) 
Oh, I bet they do have them. Dude, when we get it, when we get like full on VR porn, you're going to be able to do some crazy fucking shit. Let me go fuck Predator while these stuck, you know, those doors that came down Indiana Jones style Predator gets stuck like the fucking the milf under the bed. Uh, help me step alien. Knock your fucking socks off. That's the one thing I was gonna, what I was going to say. The one thing that I'd find kind of interesting about going back to like Stone Age times or something like that. I mean, yeah, life would be tough. But uh, I mean, you know what? You get to go out and hunt and forage every day and then go home every night and bang the fertile females of the, of the tribe. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Well, it would have been good for some, bad for others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for every one guy who got to bang out all the tribal women, there was a bunch of guys watching through the fucking hole in the uh, in the old stick house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, so we got a. This was an interesting podcast. This is a guy. It's a Bent Horizon podcast. Uh, you don't really need to go listen to it. I got all the meaty stuff out of it that we're going to listen to. This guy usually does full-on fucking astrophysics. He doesn't fuck around with anything else. So I thought it was interesting that he had a guy on to talk nuclear energy. Because even though, like, that report was interesting, that that last report that we listened to. Because, he, you know, she brought up a couple of things where it was like, um, you know, there's been push local pushback. People are warming up to the idea of having it around. And I think she said something else that was kind of telling. Uh, it's been a while since we watched it now. But you could kind of see that there was room for them to pivot and go, hey, look, maybe this wasn't such a great idea to shut all these fucking things down, and maybe we should build some new ones, you know? That'll make somebody some money. So uh, here's a guy. He started a company. Um we're running we're running a half an hour in, so we're going to skip this first clip where he kind of basically just breaks down energy poverty, where he says, hey, look, you know, climate change is going to hurt a billion people, but a billion people are already hurt by, by bad energy policies. They don't have any energy. So which billion do you want to hurt, essentially? So we got to make trade-offs here. So although this guy is going to be out of his mind on climate change, he does not want to kill the third world. So this is somebody that we can deal with. All right, let's go into this one. Uh, what happened to the nuclear industry? Once again, I'll offer a bit of a heterodox thesis here. Like the bad image of the nuclear industry came from the nuclear industry. So, so this, this China Syndrome was a movie that was all about fear of like a nuclear meltdown and then Three Mile Island happened like right <laughs> after that movie came out. And so people conflate those two events with the downfall of the nuclear industry. But the nuclear industry was dead before those came out. Like before the movie came out, before the meltdown happened, the nuclear industry was already dead. You could, we, can, we can look through the old contracts and show they were all canceled before that happened. So obviously it had nothing to do with the end of the industry, but what it did have to do with was the birth of a new industry, an industry that didn't sell nuclear reactors, but one that sold a fear of nuclear reactors. So what the nuclear industry did after Three Mile Island, looking around and saying, shoot, our old business was like totally gone before this. We need a new business. They looked around, saw people were afraid of nuclear. And instead of doing what a healthy industry does and help quell those fears, they leaned into them and they said, you're right, public. Nuclear accidents are the scariest thing. Now let us come in and sell upgrades to all of the existing nuclear plants in order to make them safe for you. And that's when nuclear safety culture began. And that's when this self-cannibalization, rent-seeking behavior really first ticked off in terms of the nuclear industry repositioning themselves to say, trust us, nuclear energy is dangerous and we're going to sell you safety systems to fix it. And that's what they've been doing for the last 40 years, scaring the shit out of everyone and making tons of money along the way, but making it very difficult to build new reactors. And he is right, man. We are not building reactors in this country. I think we built one new reactor since 1970 uh, or 90, and it was started in 1970. Mm. So that's crazy. You would think that the uh, crazy environmentalists were responsible for this, but, or, you know, I don't know, the hippies who were anti-war or something, but no, it was just their own industry just being fucking cocky. Like, 
like you said, a proper industry would have said, look, guys, we know this this fucking thing happened over here in Russia, but these Russians were crazy. They're building nuclear weapons with these things. And, you know, we're doing that, too. Yeah. But we're a lot better at it than they are. <laughs> so don't fucking worry. These things are just fancy steam engines. You know, fucking let them rip. Yep. But no, they had to they had to go out and fucking throw their hands up and chicken little whole fucking thing. And now we don't have any reactors. Go. I mean, all of the money. I think. Uh, yeah. Follow the fucking money. Right. <laughs> That's typically how it works in this fucking country. Yeah. It's just it's uh, the craziest thing in, in my head. It's just the flat out. Statement that, like, nobody died in Chernobyl. Nobody died. Well, I, except for, I, I don't know, uh, some of the, I guess, like, first responders, uh, supposedly. Yeah. But some, besides uh, that. Some people died in Chernobyl, but not, but, but like, then, like three the mile populace. Island, They'll nobody give you died. these fake. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fukushima, right? Nobody, three Mile Island did died. its job. There was a complete meltdown, and it was, we're going to get into that in a second, but Three Mile Island did exactly what it was designed to do. So let's uh, let's get into these these other clips. Disagree uh, with the underlying premise. Let me of your preface st- this one. So the guy, the entire podcast, the guy would uh, ask a question and, you know, so what's wrong with these reactors? Uh, whatever the question was. And then he would have to reframe the question before he would answer it because the guy was just off. On everything. So this is him talking about what's wrong with reactor. You know, have we fixed the problem with these reactors, essentially, like you're saying? I disagree with the underlying premise of your sentiment that there was something wrong with the old reactors. I actually think that we have totally misbranded the hazard around what is a nuclear meltdown altogether. Nuclear meltdowns do not hurt people. They are not catastrophes. Anyone who tells you otherwise has simply not looked at the data. We should first separate Chernobyl, which was actually not a nuclear meltdown. That was a nuclear explosion. And a different kind of reactor, too. Uh, yeah. We said that was a, that was a, what was it, a graphite reactor? That's a completely yeah, so, different thing. And it was a dual purpose. So that reactor was designed to make plutonium, to make bombs, to destroy uh, yeah. America. Let's just, like, remember that. And, like, so the <laughs> yeah. industrial accident that happened there was a bomb-making factory. Okay. And that is a totally different type of reactor, exactly. There's nowhere when near a population. There's a meltdown. It implies that it's like a water-based reactor, right? So the water boils off. Actually, the, the main nuclear action, reaction stops at that point, but there's still residual heat, and that residual heat starts melting the internal structures, including the fuel, and that is what creates the meltdown. Meltdowns don't hurt people. And we've got four examples of meltdowns in which there wasn't a single injury. Three Mile Island, Fukushima 1, Fukushima 2, and Fukushima 3. These are gigawatt scale, so big old plants melt down and nobody gets hurt, despite in the Fukushima uh, example of every single safety system failing. So it's not like, oh, these mad, thank God these magical safety systems helped us, otherwise it would have been a catastrophe. Every single safety system failed and still no one got hurt because a meltdown is not a hazardous event to begin with. And that is what everyone has wrong. So no, I'm not going to sit here and disparage the old nuclear industry and say for technology purposes and say my technology is better. I'm going to say it was never a problem to begin with. And our technology is able to bring an affordable nuclear power plant to market in today's era. That's and, you know, they still want you to think that Fukushima was this big, terrible fucking event Yeah, that killed a bunch of, you know, destroyed habitat and you can't eat the fish Pol- out of polluted there, which the is ocean. complete bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Complete bullshit. Fucking Elon Musk was the first like big guy to stand up and be like, I'll eat fish out of there, caught out of there any fucking day of the week. Yep. I mean, and this is something I think that, um, Oliver Stone got into where, yeah, um, that, uh, he was like, you know, radiation's just a fucking thing. It's not this deadly, fucking horrible, poisonous fucking thing. It's yeah. everywhere. It's everywhere. Sunlight is radiation. Bananas. These uh, headphones are giving off electromagnetic radiation. These are giving off EM. Like all this uh, electrical equipment in here is all giving off heat as infrared radiation. Like there is radiation everywhere. So you toss a little bit of radiation into the 
Pacific Ocean. We're talking about the Pacific Ocean here, people. There's quite a bit of water in there. And there's uh, a lot of weird ass about fish salt, that probably literally love radiation. like <laughs> salt in the ocean. Probably. I, I bet you a fucking uh like a um one of those spiny, nasty looking things. Which this is something that bothers me where people where vegans won't even eat shellfish. Yeah. Self shellfish is essentially vegan. It doesn't have a fucking brain. It doesn't think. Or it, it's essentially a fucking vegan product. So eat your fucking shellfish or something. At least yeah. get some goddamn protein in your fucking diet, you weirdos. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean <laughs> Eat your bugs. Like you said, <laughs> Why aren't eat you your eating your butts. bugs? <laughs> eat them. The, I, I mean, I bugs have more of a mind than muscles. Yeah. For goddamn sure. Yeah. I wonder if vegans will eat bugs. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they will because they own nothing you and think? they will like it and they will eat the bugs. <laughs> live in your They'll pod, no li- live in your fucking pod, eat your fucking bugs, be happy. Dude, they fucking had at Costco yesterday, I was, they had this fucking like massage chair that looked like a fucking pod that we're going to live in in 50 years. I swear to God, it didn't have a cover over it, yeah. but that's just because like, they haven't figured out how to put the new Apple headset into a glass cover. But, dude, it looks like a fucking pod. It's like half of a pod, yeah, and yeah. all it needs is the dome over the top where you can have all your computer shit going. Those glasses look pretty fucking cool, by the way. I don't know if they're $3,500 cool, but I've I've been saying for a long time that I think that there's some really cool industrial application for something like that where you can like be working in a factory and put your fucking goggles on and see where every line is going and what it's doing look underground that, and see what's yeah, going on yeah, underground yeah. i think sick. there's going to be some really cool sick applications hud sick hud things. hell yeah i'd love to have a heads up mm-hmm. dude like even even in your car mm-hmm. you know uh on the windshield uh, i i can't mm-hmm. wait for that shit that'd be fun mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fucking rad. But but All you're right. never going to see that Let's, in a gas-powered vehicle. You can be damn sure. <laughs> no. No, dude. It's like fucking they don't make one single fucking gas-powered vehicle with automated with uh auto driving in it. There was a in San Francisco there was a shooting this weekend and at one point there was a fucking I didn't know they had these there, but there's a a driverless taxi service there. Oh. And like during the shooting, the car just freaked out and stopped in the middle of the road and then did a U-turn and parked. Mm-hmm. And the cop is like yelling at it to get out of the road. <laughs> and then he realizes there's no driver and he's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Uh, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that's the future. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting time. Huh. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's hear what this guy's planning. For his company. Our intention of Last Energy is to take the standard technology and focus on replication, build as many as possible. And the way that we're going to do that affordably is the same strategy that you know Tesla employed. When they were started making cars, they sold a very expensive car as a premium product, the Roadster, to higher pay customers who were willing to pay more until they got the hang of making not just one or two or a thousand cars, but many thousands of cars. And then they can, you know, have these manufacturing facilities and processes and supply chain efficiencies in place to be able to deliver a lower cost product than the Model S, than the Model 3. And so we're gonna follow that same playbook with our last energy 20 megawatt reactors. They're gonna be expensive to begin with, but we found a set of customers. We've been very successful at finding customers that are willing to pay more money because of their unique circumstances. And those are who are gonna get our first 100 power plants. And only then when we have the manufacturing factory and supply chain efficiencies and internal processes and have reduced our own cost of capital, only then are we gonna be delivering a more affordable version to the more price sensitive customers. And we're gonna keep following that playbook until we get 10,000 nuclear reactors deployed across the world. So this is a playbook we've discussed before. This is the, uh, Tesla used it, but this was uh, the Yamaha playbook originally. Uh, They built a four stroke motorcycle that was 
faster and badder than every other two-stroke on the on the track, and they were able to displace the bike completely, and now nobody rides them anymore. Uh, Tesla's essentially done the same thing. They were able to put out something that's fast and cool, and they've been able to take over that market. This is yeah. the same type of thing. This is a sports car for somebody like, you know, it could have just been an example that he was using Tesla, but this is also something I would see Elon doing, buying a fucking reactor and maybe saying, hey, look, we're going to build a gigafactory in, I don't know, whatever fucking country, Mexico, and we're going to put one of these reactors there and see how it works. You know, I could see him doing something like that, and maybe this guy's already got a fucking deal worked out with it. But this is something I've been saying for a long time, that somebody needs to start building these things, because for someone like Elon, man, could you imagine, hey, look, I'm going to build a new gigafactory, and we're going to have the capability to produce this many batteries per month or per day, whatever, however he measures them. And we're going to have the capacity to bring on three times that much in the future. So you can start designing your build. The way we build a power line is like this. If you only need two-phase power, out of your, you know, say you're building a new house out in the middle of nowhere and you need two-phase power, you don't really need three-phase. We're going to build three-phase anyways because in the future, somebody's probably going to come online that needs three-phase power, uh, especially if it's a construction site or... You know, they're building a housing development. You're going to build capacity for more than you're using right away. You're going to build for the future. So this is something you can do as a business. You can say, hey, look, I think my my product is going to be successful. So I'm going to build with, uh, you know, a two gigawatt power plant that's going to give me the capability to bring on four times my initial capacity in the next 10 years. And by that point, if I want to add another reactor, I can do that too. Yeah. Like you're saying, you build for the advancement, not just what you need right here, right now. One thought that I had, uh, you know, if radiation, like, you know, the Fukushima's has no extreme negative effect to the oceans, (laughs) And and it's good enough for the uh, U.S. government to have active nuclear reactors and submarines all over the ocean. Why wouldn't you just build underwater reactors off the coast, pipe the power in? If and this is just you know if if yeah. you're if you're so afraid that you don't want it above ground uh-huh. on land, then you know throw it underwater. It's good enough for the submarines. I mean, it's good enough for the uh, aircraft carriers too, I guess. So why well, not? Well, just- it'd be a whole. It- there's a lot of problems with that. It would be obviously really hard to build down there. Um, and again, you want to build close to your fucking, this is the, the, it's not that it's not dangerous to have nuclear waste or a nuclear explosion or a meltdown go into the ocean. It's just that it's such a fucking big goddamn ocean, you know, it dilutes. It's still something you're going to want to avoid. Um, you know, building underwater like that, it, the, it, this is a problem with wind is wind isn't blown. We don't build our cities in windy areas. That's, you know, canyons and mountains and passes where it's a, it's hard to build, but B, it's not as desirable to live. So that's where you're going to have to put your your wind energy. Yeah. It's far away from your population. You got to build a lot of power lines. It's more industrial activity. It's, you know, more stealing people's land through eminent domain. There's a lot of shit that goes into this. Uh, More mining in the fucking Congo, wherever we're mining all this aluminum that we're going to need for the fucking (laughs) lines. Uh, There's a lot of shit that goes into this. So the the great thing about nuclear energy is you can put it right near your population. You can build it to have more capacity than your population needs at the time that you're building it. So say you live in my area, Napa, where we're growing like crazy. We just had a new business park pop up almost overnight, new full on trucking facilities, hubs. It's fucking wild how fast it's growing. You could put in a nuclear facility that's going to use, you know, that, that we're only going to need 50% of the, of the energy for right now, but 
you can do things like mine Bitcoin while the other 50% of the capacity is on idle. It's not going to hurt you to keep that thing running. And if you can monetize your off time, why the fuck not? You can also then sell it to other areas who are too stupid to build it like California. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then that would free up a lot of, you know, a lot of money for the people and then, you know, if people have too much money on their hands and they're going to start feeling yeah. free and shit, and then they're going to start wanting to oh, do yeah. whatever they want to do. I <laughs> can't have that. Imagine if, imagine if my HOA could buy a small nuclear reactor that would fit, you know, you don't have to fucking build it for excess capacity because you already know how the size of your fucking neighborhood and it's not going to grow any, but I mean, Think about the fucking, the incentive to buy a house where you know your power is not going to go out ever because you don't have to uh, be dependent on these psychopaths running our power grid. That'd be a sick HOA. I think it's a big thing. (laughs) It's good for businesses too. Like, you know, Elon, hey, if you idiots want to fuck up your power grid, go for it. I've got my own. We're going to be building while you're shut down. And doing rolling brownouts and sitting at home and you're fucking and think about like <laughs> Did you if you're living in Miami, <laughs> yeah, dude, they call them rolling rolling brownouts when when they don't fucking like knock you all. The, it's fucking wild, dude. They, there's brownouts and there's blackouts. It's, yeah, no joke. Uh, but imagine you know. You don't have to deal with that shit. You're just like fucking knock yourselves out. Yeah. I, my company's set like, okay, you're, you're, you're a housing developer and you're in Miami. It's hot as shit in Miami. Some fucking psychopath. Ron DeSantis is wins the presidency and he's actually a neocon and fucking he sucks. And now we've got some asshole in Florida in charge and they're all jacked up on climate change and we're doing rolling brownouts <laughs> through Miami in the summertime Fuck, man, don't you want to be living in the building that has its own nuclear reactor where your AC is not only free, but it's never going off? That's fucking sweet, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that- you pay your portion of the reactor, and you're fucking energy, you're energy free. Or you pay a little bit every month. Whatever. Uh, yeah, or... But you're you're yeah. sitting in, in the cold. Just for maintenance costs. That makes, me, that makes me wonder about that, because, you know, Elon's so smart. Why would... Why would he be putting so much into just electrical cars? Yeah. You know, why would he put, be putting know. so much in electrical cars when he knows he's not dumb? He knows the power grid can't handle this shit. Uh, uh, yep. And then I'm curious, isn't he building a fucking city in Texas for his? Uh, I, I thought I heard something like that. He's built. Uh, building I'm not a, little, a fucking like, Elon fanboy. I don't trust the guy as far as I can throw him. I think he's pretty invested in Ron DeSantis becoming president. He did his announcement on Twitter spaces with Elon. I think, I don't know if Elon was on it. I don't remember, but I think he's, um, I think him, Fox news, a couple other big rich people like Peter Thiel are probably, I think, uh, so here's an example after the Maidan coup, uh, what's that company that, uh, Hunter Biden was on the the board of I don't remember the name of it, the Chinese one. Yeah, no, 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 the Ukrainian one. Whatever you Bi- guys all know what is I'm it talking Bi- about. Bi- I don't. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You all know what I'm talking about. Instead of getting in with the new government after the coup in 14, they decided we're going to get in with the real government, and they got in with the United States vice president. And they put his son in a high paying job. And that was, you know, how they got in with the new government. I think Elon, Fox News, um, Peter Thiel, I think these guys are pretty invested in the new government. And the new government is Ron DeSantis. I think he's somebody that the liberals can stomach. I think he's not going to be who he's billed as. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. He has no fucking personality. His personality is like a wet dish rag. Yeah. I mean, just real fucking bad. And I I just think he's going to be a neocon who talked a good game during COVID. I don't yeah. think we want to see this guy in charge. No. But, you know, 
and uh, you know looking into that have have your have whatever opinion you want of Trump but just you know if nothing else it just kind of makes me laugh sitting back and watching now all of a sudden you know we're getting close to a year away from the election and and they're fucking throwing everything they can at them they're trying to indict them on every yep. fucking tiny little bullshit thing it just yep. it, you know it just seems really fucking interesting that the timing like All right. Well, let's uh, let's continue. Is uh, are all those small reactors going to be enough to save us? Let's see. Yeah. So not really. Not the small ones. At some point, you Sorry. have to increase in size again. But my theory is build a bunch of small ones to get practice building stuff. Then you find a location in the world that doesn't have the same regulatory burden that we have self-inflicted on bigger scale reactors that make them cost prohibitive at this point. And we can get into what those nuances are in a little bit. Moving to Mexico. you build a bunch of big ones and you big create these beach, energy islands and use these energy islands to produce synthetic fuels, carbon negative materials, and that's how you decarbonize. We're going, we're going small to go many, to go big, to go to a carbon economy. Uh, that's that's our plan as a company. It's the best form of energy we've got, man. Like the most dense form of energy that human beings have access to is a hydrogen bomb. And you can't really use that for energy. You can, I mean, you could blow them up in big caverns underground and melt the fucking heat off, but that's an inefficient way to be gathering energy. Yeah. This is the most dense form of energy we have. If we're going to be going... Type one civilization, exploring the universe, all that fun shit. We're not going to be doing it on windmills. Sorry, folks, not going to happen. We need to be using the most dense source of energy we have. Energy islands. I like the sound of that. Fuck Let's that. have these fucking <laughs> energy islands where we can fucking uh, what do we? What would the uh, fancy? Fancy steam islands. <laughs> Bring in the heat, man. <laughs> Bring them in. And you can just build uh, shit. You can be smelting aluminum. You can be building yeah, cars. Whatever yeah. you want, man. Yeah. Just build things that are hard to build because energy is expensive. And just fucking it, build shit. That, That's the fucking future we want. It cracks me up, man. Uh, the uh, All the talk about... Uh, all these, you know, uh, I, I'm down with the idea of clean energy, but the only real option for actual clean ener energy is nuclear. Yeah, it, it it's not it's I mean, not it doesn't mean accidents aren't going to happen. Accident ha accidents happen all the fucking time. Shit, but the only option for an actual clean energy future is nuclear. That's it. That's all we got. We're not going to figure out fusion power. Like fusion would be a little bit more dense, but it's going to be so expensive. Uh, it's going to be really hard to do. We're not going to figure out a usable form for a really long time. Like even eater, it's only going to stay on for a few seconds at a time. And you run into the same problem that you've got with wind energy. It's just variable and you can't fucking, the grid does not like variable energy. It's nope. just not a fan of it. And it's never going to be a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's hear what this guy's vi these people's vision of the future is this is it's going to be good right i think we're going to like his vision of the future let's let's there find we out. have a nuclear powered o'neill cylinder Ooh, in orbit cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> with, with one million people right. living on it you know with, exactly. like, rotating exactly. with artificial gravity and everything that you can want i love uh, it and then that's you love really want to save earth that's how you do it Move everybody into O'Neill cylinders and boot them off the planet. Nature preserve. I, I, I love that idea, but I think I we could it. also do that for just that suburbs and like brought people into beautiful mansions in the sky. Like I think that is also a vision that like with today's technology is like totally feasible. If we just increase density, like got rid of suburbs, increase, increase density. density, like put a suburb in the sky. Like you could stack yeah. houses up a hundred stories essentially. Give people a lawn even. Yeah, you um, can have a like, lawn we could even. Do that increase density and make most of planet Earth a nature preserve. Like right now, and I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> increase density and make all of planet nature most of planet uh, planet earth the nature preserve right now and i think we should <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, you can have a lawn even isn't that crazy that these people are so out of touch with the reality that they think that we'll be happy with a lawn like ah they'll be fine we'll just give them a lawn we'll throw them up fucking 
200 stories off the ground, but they can have a little lawn. They can play around with it. They can have an electric lawnmower even. To continue our movie callback, that that's fucking Fifth Element right there. The everybody living in the the high skyscrapers above all the fucking pollution. Yeah, yep. Maybe. That's uh, altered carbon. It's a bunch of fucking sci-fi, man. Oh yeah. The yeah, elite yeah. just go <clears throat> higher and higher and get further and further out of touch. So that's that's you know, what's Altered below. Carbon season one. That's one of the best. That's one of the best depictions of elitism gone awry. That I've ever seen in cinema. Yeah, the the and the whole like you could the, just how you can like your you know download your mind on a little chip, put yourself in a yeah. new new printed body. Yeah, the guy that was that killed himself was a was essentially Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that gives it a whole new perspective. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, that's kind of what he was. Right? I mean, he was killing hookers and throwing them off of buildings. <laughs> so Maybe. So I, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, Epstein's plane did have the rear. It was the special model that had the rear hatch that folded down in mid-flight. Oh, fuck. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. If you so don't put out, you get some fucking, fucking put out. Yeah. Put the fuck out. <laughs> Have a nice swim. See if you make it back. So, uh, you know, we'll be able to work with these people for a time. But at some point, you know, we're just going to have to say, sorry, bud. But we can't have this. Like, We're not moving into a fucking... I'm not moving into a fucking sky apartment with a little lawn and just rolling over for these fucking psychopaths. Okay, so, not going to happen. So, so we're we're not a flat earth, we're not a we're not a globe. It's not like essentially a hollow earth. It's just a tube and below Antarctica in the 60th parallel, that's the elite um that's the elite uh area closer to the sun or some bullshit like mm. that. And you know, and we just I've wanted like, to ask I've wanted to ask a flat earth person, is it possible that it is a globe that we're just like, it's a really fucking big globe and we're just on a tiny portion of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's possible. Right. That'd be I fun. would love to hear that. Anyways. hear that answer. <laughs> Speaking of the enemy, I did get one little clip from Oliver Stone. <laughs> Now, the other uh, truth that we miss is gas. Now, we know how ugly the oil thing is. I mean, there's the waste and all the oil, and this fossil fuel itself is destroying the universe because we're putting carbon into the atmosphere, <laughs> CO2. Did you hear that one? It's just fossil f- It's destroying the universe yeah. with CO2. Yeah. The, whole un- the entire universe, Nolan. It's destroying <laughs> the fucking universe. <laughs> And there was another interesting, we're running out of time here, so we're not going to play it, but guy on the other podcast, he said that we don't really know how gas is made, natural gas, (laughs) and it's possible that we may be sitting on unlimited natural gas, so we're just going to set the whole world on fire if we don't have, if we don't have nuclear, you know, (laughs) but at least uh, we do, there, there is good news, there is good news, we have Someone here to save us. Senator John Fetterman. The responsibility that that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy. It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and and they also realize that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no by by how how. So it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of the kind he, of control should be more stricter? He must have Joe Biden's speech guy to prevent this kind of thing from going. Or should we just go on and start this bailing and sailing whoever bank? Regardless, <laughs> should of we how start bailing and sailing every their, bank? <laughs> conduct is no answer. I'll keep going. Uh, I'm killing it. Republicans want to give a a work requirement for SNAP. 
you know, for a, 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 a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, required. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank? You, after we bail and sell you? Because they seem to be more pre preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about pr protecting the, ta the tax papers. You know, the tax papers. Fail no matter the tax papers it does about a bank to crash it. <laughs> Chair. Chair. <laughs> Killed it. Crushed that fucking banker. <laughs> He's the best. Fetterman for president. <laughs> Shit. Well, anyways, what do you think? Should we call it a night? Yeah, I think uh I think you should call that a wrap on this one. All right. Let's do it. Oh shit. Let's hit the button. Hit the right button this time. All right. Tonight. Hey. Subscribe to our fucking YouTube channel, you degenerate. It's fucking pathetic. Good night.